This is football. I'm Kevin Clark. Great show today. Stacked. Um, so here's what we have. We have Chris Mad Dog Russo joining us off the bat. Great talk about Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, and then the time, what, 12 years ago, the Mad Dog went to a Super Bowl party. Really kind of a funny Funny story about the last time he watched uh, the game with anybody. And then Matthew Barry from NBC Sports will join. Awesome discussion about some of the same topics, but from his perspective, uh, some of the fantasy picks he wishes he had back. Really enjoy this. Um, and then we have, so on Monday night, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, on Monday night, went to media night, which if you don't know, every coach, every player um, available, some GM, personnel guy, owner, but a lot of them are risers, um, like Mahomes, a big press conference setting, but... The coaches and the players, most of them are just standing around. So we went around and got badasses. Uh, we collected five of them, and you're going to love them. Um, so we call it the Parade of Badasses, and uh, that's at the end of the episode. You're really going to enjoy that. So here we go. Here's Mad Dog. All right, Mad Dog Russo, Sirius XM, Mad Dog Radio. What's going on, brother? Hello, buddy. Kev, how you doing? Things good? I am so excited. So you came on a couple of years ago uh, on this show, and you told me uh, my son should be a Mets fan. Not a Yankees fan. You went through. Oh, all did, I say, did wow. say that? Wow. Um, I he is still one. He's one years old. He just turned one. So yeah, it's early yet. It's all so right. early. We're 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 gonna figure that out. I, I I don't. I haven't. No one has taken the lead yet. I would do the Mets only because you know they, it's a little cooler. They haven't won, so when they do win, he feel very good about it. The Yankees. You know, it's almost like rooting for U.S. Steel, Walmart, the old line. Yep. So I, I if it was me. You know the Mets are going to spend money, so they're not yeah, a little poor. They're not poor, but I, I would have them be a Met fan. One baseball question before we get into the football part of it: uh, the, the Tropicana's catty corner here. You see it every time you walk out. It's where the A's are supposed to be. The mayor of Las Vegas comes out. Today I saw that. Says, yeah. Says we don't really want the A's. Nobody seems excited about it. I'm a I, I'm an old school baseball fan. I, I grew up obsessed with it. I don't love it as much as I used to. I like football more, um, but. Can you put in perspective what this A's mess is and, mess. And, and, and where you think baseball should go with it? I don't know if baseball has an option. Uh, I don't think Oakland's ever going to build a, ta- a stadium for them that is going to be apropos. Yeah, they sure. don't want to be on the Oakland Coliseum site. They did lose the Raiders. They did lose the Warriors. They have not shown Oakland, and I don't blame them, but they have not shown uh, necessarily. They were $115 million short last time after they said they had the money. They didn't. <laughs> uh, so, and then, you know, you had $150 million. We, we'll, we'll give us some time. Hold on now. This has been going on for 25 yeah. years. So, I mean, the A thing in Oakland has been a disaster. But the problem with Vegas is they had the Knights came, then the Raiders came. The mayor's comments today, nobody likes the A's owner in Fisher. <laughs> I got to pass this money for the $345 million deal with the state. That's another problem, too. Uh, baseball's got a major problem with the A's. It seems like they got the Tampa thing yep. solved for the moment with the move in St. Petersburg with the new stadium. I don't think it's such a great idea to play baseball in St. Petersburg, but at least there seems to be moving to get a stadium done. This team is a nomadic franchise. I know it's easy to kill the owner, tell the owner to do this, tell the owner to do that. But in, let's be honest, in sports today, if you want to keep your team, okay, not everybody's staying cranky. The state of Minnesota yep. built the stadium for the Vikings. Uh, if you want to keep your team, the Giants got a lot of breaks with the debt thing with New Jersey. Yep. If you want to keep your team, you know, you have to help the city build the stadium. And, you know, in baseball with Oakland and California in general, it's yeah. very tricky. So 
I'll be honest with you, I read the same things you did today. She did take back a little bit of it a little mm, later on. Yeah. Maybe she's close to the Oakland mayor. Who knows? But it did. I, I was a bad Didn't portent. look good. Didn't, Didn't look, look good. good. I agree. Mahomes to you. I got a great listener question last week. I'm thinking about it the whole time. They asked, is Mahomes Jordan or LeBron? And I think the difference between them is LeBron left room for other. He's a great. And he always made so many finals, won so many championships. And, and the, the journey with him has been incredible. But LeBron would make room for Steph Curry to have his own legacy. Um, you know, there's certain guys within that who have gotten, uh, who, who, who have not shut the door on other players. And my feeling is he's more Michael Jordan because he's shaping the legacy of everybody. He's shaping Josh Allen's legacy. He's shaping Lamar Jackson's legacy. Um, we'll see he might be shaping Kyle Shanahan's legacy. Mahomes to you in a historical context is what, Matt Dark? I think he reminds me a lot of Steph Curry. Mm. You know, he, he changes the game. He kind of, you know, he's not a big, strong, you know, 6'8 kind of guy. He's fun to watch. Uh, he's got a lot of the same mannerisms. You know, Curry's changed the game with his three-point shooting. The way he runs around there, Mahomes throws the ball with his left hand. He plays the position like a shortstop. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I see some combinations with Curry. Now, he's probably better than Curry and what he means to his game because Curry's a little guard. Sure. And a little guard can't have necessarily as much of an impact in the NBA as a quarterback can in football. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different, but I see a lot of Curry in Mahomes. Now, as far as the in, in impact is concerned, obviously the quarterback spot is bigger than a point guard slash shooting guard. You know, Jordan's a wing, obviously LeBron's a power forward. He's a little bit of everything. Curry's not a power forward. You know, right. Curry's not a center. He's not a great defensive player necessarily. But from what he does offensively, yeah. even with the mouthpiece dangling and, you know, Holmes kind of does the same thing if you watch him on the sidelines. Yep. He reminds me a lot of Curry. So I see a little Curry there. As far as greatness is concerned, I mean, you know, I put him, listen, I think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I know he's not going to necessarily have the eight Super Bowls, which would top Brady. You know, he's already lost one, which Montana didn't do. So, I mean, I don't know where you're going to stack him up from an aggregate standpoint. Yeah. But from breaking down a position and winning a game for your life, I'll take Mahomes. I completely agree. And also, the floor is the AFC title game. This is the worst Chiefs team of the Mahomes-Reed era, and it made the Super and Bowl. And I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think so, they're going to win, too. I'm not betting against Mahomes. 100%. For sure. And for me, so the floor is the AFC title game, and then you have to pray if you're the Ravens, if you're the Bills, you have to pray that either you play perfect football. Or he has an off day. Or he, or As they, he did or in the second half. And he's only had one. In the second right. half against Cincinnati, he was bad That's in the right. game. And then, I mean, we can't even hold the Tampa Bay Super Bowl against him because he ran out of offensive linemen. Oh, so he had a good job, Kevin. You're right on count. top. And Reed, did a bad, Reed didn't coach well that game. Right. His kid just had to make major car accident with the little kid. Of course. He was a little out of it that game. And I do think the offensive line was a major problem, 100% right. I, and the one thing, uh, I, I had a couple people, ex-teammates on the last couple weeks of Mahomes, and they said the one thing that's amazing about him, this is the sign of like a generational athlete, legendary athlete, not just a good athlete, is they'll go down 20 points and there's no rah-rah speeches. There's no kind of, hey, we can do this. You know, let's give it, let's, you know, 30 minutes of rest of our lives of old varsity blue speeches. None of that. There's just, we're going to go out and execute the next play. And we're going to be totally normal. Hey, stop dropping passes. Stop muffing punts. Just doing the normal stuff. And it reminds me, you know, Bill Walsh has said this in the score takes care of itself, where he says there's no such thing as rising to the occasion. There's only executing normally when everybody else loses their heads. And I think point. that's the definition 
of clutch. Now, yeah, I don't, he does not make bad plays yes. in big spots. He's 14-3 and three in the playoffs. Yes. He can manage the game if you want him to do that, and he can win the game if you want him to do that, too. He doesn't have to be, you know, Marino had to be the dominating yeah. factor in the game. You know, Elway, in a lot of ways, had to be the dominating factor. The game, Manning, Peyton yes. Manning's a perfect example. Favre, the game had to revolve around those guys. With him, it's not the case. I mean, he played pretty well against the Ravens, but he didn't lose the game. Right. And that's important. The, he, he takes chances with his throws and doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. That's never makes a mistake. He was 30 of 39 in the game against the Ravens, and he played pretty well. But he, they only scored 17 points. Yes. He didn't dominate the game, but he outplayed his opponent yeah. in, the, in Jackson, and he didn't lose the game, which is the most important thing. So the Brock Purdy discourse at some point is going to eat itself because I think the only time it matters is when it comes contract time. You know, what, is he the eighth best quarterback in football? Is he the 16th best quarterback in football? I, I don't know. With Kyle Shanahan, he's a top five quarterback because he has one of the best play callers in the history of the sport he helping does. him. He um, you fall where on Brock Purdy discourse? Uh, listen, first off, I'm not going to give Purdy too much abuse in this game, whether he wins or if he of wins. He, it, I don't want to say it's a house money game for Purdy. It is the Super Bowl. He's in his second year. He, he only played eight, nine games in his first year. Uh, you know, he's been a little banged up that first year, of course, against Philadelphia. He gets a complete pass with the elbow. So, I mean, uh, listen, if he goes out there and stinks, you know, and he wasn't great against Green Bay, pretty good against Detroit. To me, this game's about the coach. To me, from a San Francisco, uh, Shanahan's got to win one of these games eventually. He, got, he, he did a terrible job late in the Patriot game as a coordinator. Uh, you know, the Niner game, they blew a 20-10 lead against Kansas City. Now, I know he had Sandals, San, uh, Emmanuel Sanders yeah. open and he overthrew him. But, you know, he lost that game too, championship game to the Rams. Shanahan's got to win this game. This is an important game for Shanahan, I think, myself. Uh, now, listen, if Purdy plays terribly, we'll have a different feeling on Monday morning. I think Purdy will play okay. I think he'd, I know he, I think he'd do a decent job. He played pretty good against Detroit. He was a little lucky on the pass to hit the face mask. Yep. He did not play well against Green Bay. He had a good last drive, but he didn't play that great against Green Bay. But, you know, Purdy, I, you know, he's part of a system. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I'm expecting him to be okay, decent, well. You can win with him. But I don't. I think the game is really more in, Shan, in Shanahan's hands than it is in Purdy. And if you look at it from an analysis standpoint, would you rather have Mahomes, Reed, or Shanahan, Purdy? You'd rather have Mahomes, Reed. That's why I would bet them. What is your Super Bowl watching setup like? I like to watch the games alone. I don't want to watch the game in a party atmosphere. I want to. St I want to have fun with the game. I want to enjoy this. It's the last football game for seven months. So you want to go out there and soak it all in. Soak it all You in. want to hear the broadcasters. You, you know, you want to get revved up for kickoff. I don't watch a ton of the pregame show, if anything at all. I'll probably put it on at 530, 540. I'm not one of those guys who wants to sit around and drink seven beers <laughs> with the next door neighbor. I could care less. The game is too serious to me. I agree. Let me watch the game in peace. I don't want to, you know, I watch the game with my kids. I got one kid specifically who's totally on top of it. I won't be with him this week. He's in college, but yep. I watch the championship games with him. My wife is in and out. She's in for the commercials and she's in for the halftime. I could care less about the commercials. <laughs> I'm not revved up in the commercials. I care about the 60 minutes of the game, 6.30 to 10 o'clock. That's what I care about. And then I want to hear the coaches with the post game. I want to hear the coaches with their post game. Because that's, especially the losing coach. Yeah. I want to hear what the losing coach has to say in the postgame. 
And then, you know, at 10 o'clock, 10.30, rolls around, then you're going to be bummed out because you don't have any football for a long period of time. And you want a good game because then a good game carries it on the radio for two sure. or three days. Of course. Um, uh, you've never been to a Super Bowl party, or have you? I have been. Of course I've been. Unfortunately, yeah. I've been dragged. Uh, I will not go this year, though. When, when was the last time you were dragged I, you know, to a Super Bowl party? You know, one, you know, I tell you, it was the Patriots and the Giants, the second one. What happened? In Indianapolis. Not the first one. The first okay. one was at the game. Okay. The second one, when Manning hit uh, Manningham. Yeah, Manningham. Uh, I, was, I went to a Super Bowl party that night. Did I leave it to half? Because it's a long halftime. Yeah. But I was at one, probably 30, 35 people there. I hate it. And it was friends. So, but, you know, I don't want to have chit-chat. I want to hear what Nance, and I think it's a big game for Romo. I want to hear Nance and Romo do the game. So you people know, are coming up to you. It's a huge game. It's Belichick versus Tom Coughlin. Eli Manning legacy gonna, game. And pe- people are coming up and just chit-chatting. Well, and I'm chit-chatting too. I want to. I like nice to chit-chat guy. by myself. I don't want to chit-chat with 50 other people. I don't want to break down every play. I want to break down the game in my own head sure. as the game's going on. So you didn't even, the guacamole wasn't enough well, I, for you? I mean, I, I think I played the part properly. I think I went out there and I, you know, I was cordial. Um, but again, uh, did I, ha- I don't think I've had one since. I've watched the game with the family. My wife does the boxes. Sure. So she's going to be very wrapped up in the boxes at the end of the quarter and a half. So there's going to have to be some level of cooperation with the missus, <laughs> which is going to yeah, drive me crazy, too. She's going to be looking at her phone sure. and following where Taylor Swift is. She's a casual fan. Sure. I'm not into casualness on this game. I'm into focusing on the big picture and what the game's all Did about. Did your wife drag you to the 2011 party? No, it was a it was a basketball oh. party, oh, so okay. we had to go. Okay. Family scenario. Family she scenario. Jacket. She understands. Okay. She don't want to sit there for every game either. And last year, I only had one kid home, and he's not a sports fan. He watched it for the commercials. Um, did I, when did I watch it? I probably watched it in my office. Door closed. Attaboy. Game on. Love that. Laying on the couch. Chris Russo, SiriusXM Mad Dog Good Radio. Job, Thanks Appreciate so much. It. Knock him dead. We'll be back with Matthew Barry after this. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? Two words, Caesars Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app, it's an empire. 21 and up must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY.
Matthew Barry is here, NBC Sports star, Football Night in America star. I like I like that. You should be my publicist. Just don't just, just do me a favor. Don't tell like Maria Taylor or Dev McCourty or Jason Garrett well, or always, Tony Dungy or like, Rodney Harrison. A star. That. Everybody, it's like Thanks. the TMZ thing where yeah. it's like it's like you know. MLB star leaves airport and it's always like the the, the Dodgers eighth inning guy. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, oh, I don't know about that one. Right. Like, Chief star Richie James sounds off on right. Travis yes. Kelsey. And it's like, okay, all right. I, right. This is a general audience. I get it. Maybe yeah. Richie James, he's more of a star than, you know, the, the fourth string running back. I don't right, know. Right, right, exactly. That. More of a, um, I like that. I like the, the, the yes. Yeah, That's so, good. That's right. Yeah, no, you've got, you've got a huge star. You've got the star of Football Night in America. Exactly right. On your show today, Kevin exactly Clark. Exactly right. Hey, um, so do you like the Super Bowl from a betting fantasy whatever standpoint? Like, do you, like uh, some people are like, eh, it's a little too much. The odds are a little weird. Like, how do you approach it? Uh, so I do like it I, more from a betting than a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, of you know, I mean, fantasy is a sort of one game DFS really, sure, or if right. you're the end of a playoff pool. So it's not really there. But betting, I really like it. Um, number one is because you know more props are offered on the Super Bowl than I think any game. Right? You know, I mean, like, and you've got two weeks to really think through it. And it's also, by the way, it's your last chance to bet on football for quite some time. So you know, savor it. You know, remember the good times. Do you chase, like, not chase, it's the wrong word, but, like, fourth quarter, you're like, all right, we got one more quarter of football. Let's just no. do a bunch of fourth quarter props. I, you, like, if I notice something during the game, I'll do some live betting. But I'm not a huge, like, I'm, especially because I'll be watching the game. Like, I'll be in the stands watching the game. Like, to really do live in-game betting, you need, you need, you know, you need algorithms and you need the whole thing. You know, so I'll do, a, I'll do something like here. You don't Bruce Wayne set up? I don't. all the algos? No, I don't. I know people who do. I know people Every who like that's how they make their living but no that's not me every time because i only gamble on golf and every time i okay. listen to a professional golf gambler i'm just like i am never going to be good at this i'm never like i remember years ago was a guy who won a million dollars i think it was on sergio garcia in the masters and he had like 700 lineups all of them having sergio garcia winning and right it's just like that's what you have to do and then, that's right and then you win a million dollars like it, when you view that it's like all right well that's just not something i'm ever going to be good there, at there's a so website we can talk about it instead yeah i mean there's a website out there called roto grinders yeah um that started out in the dfs space you yeah. know like with the DraftKings and the fandals of the world and it's because that's what you have to do you have to grind out to really be competitive right. at, it's certainly at least at DFS and like those big tournaments, you have to grind out 150 lineups or whatever the max number is. Like you have to truly grind it out. And so, um, uh, you know, props to those that do it. I hear that. Um, Mahomes. I've it's heard funny. of him. I, you, We're talking junior, not senior, right? I'm not up to date on the legal case. It's, uh, it's not good. Okay. It's not good. The senior part. The senior, the senior part. part junior is part, right, junior yes. part's doing fine. Senior thing, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Um, but, Junior, uh, your friend, my friend Bill Simmons, he's talking about coming a gambling manifesto, and you're never betting against Brett Favre, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you view betting on Mahomes? Because he feels to me, and I'll trot this line out again, when you're in your Michael Jordan era, you relegate a lot of legendary players to minor characters, Josh Allen, yeah, Lamar yeah. Jackson, whomever, and it just feels to me, like, I'm never picking against Patrick Mahomes ever again. That feels irrational from a betting standpoint, but it sure. feels extremely rational when you watch him. As someone who has to take more of a rational viewpoint because you're actually dealing with odds, do you feel the same way I do? I do. And the other thing is, is you're 100% right, right? I mean, like, it's – but 
But I just don't. I mean, there's there's a lot to support never betting against Patrick Mahomes. Right. And just like, let's talk about this game for one second. Yeah, like, of course. I don't understand. I truly don't. And so, you know, I do my show over at, uh, over at NBC, yeah, Fantasy sure. Football Happy Hour, Peacock, NFL, do you drink? NBC, Is that YouTube the happy channel. Hour part? Huh? Do you drink? Is that the happy hour part? We do. We do. You know why? Because I, when I left ESPN, and we're just going off topic here. No, I'll get back to my homes, I promise. But like, Drinking at work is very important. It is. Me, so we have to. And so you and I crossed. We were, you know, you went over to ESPN yeah. as I was leaving. You, you got there a little after I did. Um, I one to one replacement, by the way. Yeah, one to one. They one for like, one. We need easy. a very type. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, listen, as long as you just sit, sit next to field, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> th- but the truth is, is that, and again, I loved my time at ESPN. I'm, I am not, there are, there are a number of ex-ESPNers that will be more than happy to disparage ESPN. I am not one of those guys, sure, right? You know, um, I had a great run at ESPN, and I'm still friends with a lot of the people that work there, both uh, talent and executives. Uh, but being owned by Disney means that you have to present things a certain way, and the ESPN brand is a certain way. And I, when I got to NBC, there was a couple things that I, first off, I wanted to just do something different, right? I just didn't want to try to, hey, here's what I did on ESPN, just on a different channel. I, you know, I felt like if I'm going to leave ESPN, I need to um, do some different things. And one of the things that was important to me is, it's like talking with the NBC executives or like, you know, what should the show be? Where, and I said, I said, I want to set it in a bar. I want to call it happy hour. I said, because that's how you play fantasy football, sitting in a bar or betting on sports. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in a bar, BSing with your buddies, you know, um, you know, making fun of each other when you screw up a dart shot or whatever, yelling at the screen, like. You don't do it sitting by a desk. You don't do it wearing a tie or a jacket or whatever. Like hang you on, just hang on now. Right, wearing a tie, right? But I'm, the, I'm, I'll, I can booze. Okay, <laughs> let's kidding. see. Let, you and I will go to drinking sometime. We'll see if you wear a tie. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean, like, and so it, it is purposeful. And yes, I mean we we have a we have a beer sponsor. We have we have drinks on the show. Like we, yeah, I mean, because that's how the idea of that show. And by the way, our Sunday morning show is called Fantasy Football Pregame, which is you know, a double entendre in terms of your pre-gaming before the event, and oh. and uh, it is before the game, hence pre-game. But um, but they're both set in a bar, and the idea is they're just like, hey, like this is how I think most people. It should be as close to a conversation between dudes in a bar around yeah. fantasy sports and sports sure, betting, and so that's what we're going for. So um, back to Mahomes. Uh, yeah, I don't think you. Bet against him? I don't understand. So the reason I brought up Happy Hour is because one of the co-hosts of my show is Jay Croucher. Yeah. And Met him Jay, yesterday. He is great. Jay Croucher, before he came to NBC to be a, a betting analyst, Jay Croucher was the head trader at a major, like one of the top six sports books in America. And um, as in, he's the guy that set the lines. And oversaw all the other people that set the lines. Like he was the head trader for five years at a major sports book. So he knows betting as well as anyone I've ever met in my life. And he likes the Niners. But what I have said to him, um, and by the way, and he's not always right. I've, I've done two years with him and seeing all of his bets. He's, he's right a lot, but he's not always right. I've said, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs money line. I like the Chiefs plus two. It opened at Chiefs minus, uh, Chiefs plus two and a half. It's now down to two, but still. I think the Chiefs win, and I don't understand how they're underdogs. The Chiefs shut the Chiefs' defense. Everyone's going to talk about Mahomes, yeah. but let's talk about the Chiefs' defense for a second. Chiefs' defense shut down Miami. I get it was freezing cold, but Kansas City moved the ball. Yep. 
They shut down a high-flying Miami Dolphins offense. They go to Buffalo. They shut down Josh Allen. Then they go to Baltimore, and they shut down Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And you're telling me on a neutral field they can't shut down Brock Purdy? And, and so, like, I don't understand that narrative. I don't understand the basic, simple, I get it's obvious, but it's Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. He literally just beat the MVP in Lamar Jackson. He also beat Josh Allen in Josh Allen's home. He beat Tua. And, you know, Brock Purdy was lucky to get past Jordan Love and Jared Goff. And we like Jared Goff and Jordan Love, but they ain't Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson at this point of their career. And so, um, like, I think about all that, and then I also think about the fact that if there's an Achilles heel of the Niners defense, it's their run defense. Yep. I think Pacheco has a monster game here. You know, I think they're going to try to run him quite a bit. The Chiefs offense has really devolved into we're going to run the ball and then pick our spots with Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. Um, and I just, we've seen Brock Purdy in big games. There's been three big games for Brock Purdy this year. Yeah. Right? Against the Ravens on Christmas and the last two playoff games. Yep. And in each one, he made at least one big boneheaded mistake. Yep. And in the Ravens game, obviously, he made a lot of turnover them. Worthy, turnover worthy plays through the roof in the, in the yeah, playoffs yeah. And last month. Right, got very yeah. lucky. And uh, could have been worse than it was. Yep. And Mahomes just very, very, very rarely makes boneheaded mistakes at the biggest stage. Yep. He just he just doesn't. Last stat I'll give you, and then I'll shut up because no, I'm just please. filibustered. Like, I'm mad dog without the energy. But, um, <laughs> but, but um, Andy Reid... Is six and one off of a buy. Andy Reid off of a buy in the playoffs in the Mahomes era is six and one. The only loss he has when he's had more than one week to prepare was to Brady and the Buccaneers. Right. And all due respect. When they ran to, out of offensive linemen, by the way. Correct. Right. And all due respect to Brock Purdy, he ain't Tom Brady. I love that. Uh, there is. You mentioned the path to the Super Bowl. I believe if the Chiefs win, they will have the hardest path for a Super Bowl champion ever by DVOA. Right. When you look at, I think they're fifth, and everybody else would be top six, which just doesn't happen in the playoffs where you go boom, boom, boom like that, um, and you don't get to buy. Obviously, um, that the, the, that's the whole thing for me. And I know, like yesterday on the Roto World uh, Fantasy Football Show, Patrick Doherty said, "This is a narrative Super Bowl, just saying, oh, Mahomes over everything." Again, yeah. that's what you say. It's there's empirical data saying Mahomes over everything. It's not. It doesn't have to be narrative necessarily now there are some things I was looking at some of the stats yesterday there are some things that kind of say okay well you you, McCaffrey can run them all day my feeling is like make Shanahan be boring and he will get bored and start doing crazy stuff and I think about this all the time like you know the Phil Mickelson thing Phil Mickelson said the point of golf is to do cool stuff you know even if even if I know I could get a two putt here what if I did this little thing yeah yeah. that's how coaches think and I think that if you just say hey McCaffrey up the middle for them 90 snaps I think I think you bait Brock Purdy into making a mistake by by uh, by being forcing them into to a boring situation I, I I'm really intrigued to see that that chess match between two of the best offensive coaches of all time and then how Steve Spagnuolo forces Shanahan into something yeah and by the way I like I like Spagnuolo versus Shanahan yeah. better than I like Wilkes against I Andy Reid that you know that's another battle that's the thing is that Listen, I think Kyle's a great coach. I think they've done a phenomenal job in San Francisco building that franchise the right way. I'm a big Kyle Shanahan fan. But he doesn't coach the defense. That's right. He doesn't coach the defense, and I think Andy Reid is as good an offensive mind as there is in the history of the game. And, and so, and credit him for realizing this year, oh, you know what? I can't do my normal, you know, like, crap, we got to, 
we got to grind out wins. Yep. I got to play good defense, we, run the hell out of the ball. We can't and, do and, screw it. Kadarius Tony's down there somewhere. You could right. not do that. That's a bad strategy. That's right. We can't. We can't do these bubble screens to Noah Gray on the three yard <laughs> line. You know, like no, stop this. You know, like you've got to like, you know, <laughs> like, um, you 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 have to like. They're gonna like I said. I th- my thought is is they're gonna they're gonna run the ball yep. and take their shots. They're gonna play great defense and take their take their chances. You know they'll take calculated shots to Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. Maybe they take maybe they let MVS you know run a couple of deep laps. Sure, and, sure. You know, and like see hey, what happens. See what happens. See what happens. See, see if what that six percent drop rate comes right, in again. Exactly. I mean, by the way, his his receiving yards is like ten. Yep. Like, is this, do you think? MBS catches one. Yep, yep, um, yep. So I just, I just, I don't know. I don't, watch me be wrong and watch the Niners win by 20. But this is one where I'm just like, I, I don't get it. Do you remember, do you remember um, there was the, uh, there was the old Saturday Night Live sketch. And it was a, uh, it was a lawyer. And I forget it. I want to say it was Smiley or something like that. But it, he was like, uh, it was Martin Short. And he yeah. played a lawyer. And he would constantly look at the camera and like, it's not me, right? It's him, right? <laughs> he would make a, he would like, you know, he would make these arguments yeah, yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. the other people would make the argument back and he's wrong, right? <laughs> like we all get, and so it's just one of those things. It's like, I, yeah. w- like, I don't understand why the Niners are favored. I don't understand why there are, there are people that still want to doubt Mahomes. He's been an underdog for three straight weeks and yeah. not, again, not against the Dolphins. He's been an underdog for two straight weeks and he shouldn't have been. I I'm I'm completely with you. So if you're wrong, if you get old take exposed, I'm right there with you. Um, so everybody has like a favorite athlete of all time, and it's not necessarily it's like like politics. All sports is local, and you go to some places, and you you know you go to a Devils game, and Kenny Danico's number, you know, hey Kenny Danico, and it's like you know people in Edmonton are like Kenny Danico, okay, whatever. Um, it's just a, it's a feeling you have. It's 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 emotion. Who is your favorite fantasy? football athlete of all time like the guy that just got it done for you where you say like my god like i'm gonna i want to buy you a beer it doesn't anybody uh a couple guys immediately just came to mind um mahomes yeah um just because i have him in a dynasty league and i've had you know so i've oh my god like i mean i'm in this um expert Dynasty, quote unquote, expert dynasty league. So it's a lot of people that do what I do for the living. For, that names you would recognize, and everything like that, and like, you know, Evan Silva and Graham Barfield. Our, Bar- guy. Oh, Our guy. Yeah, no, like no. Great Evan, guys. Evan's great a guys. legend, and Graham Barfield and Scott Barrett, and like just whatever. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of very smart guys. Danny Kelly, Danny Kelly of the Ringer. Bad guy. Um, uh, no he's Evan in the Silva. League. Anyway, but and I won that league two out of the first four years, and I had the most points all four years. Right. Lost in the semis, lost in the finals one year, lost in the semis in another year. All four years had the most points. And it's because I had Mahomes and Kelsey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I just, you know, it was, and it's a tight end premium league and super flex, the whole thing. Um, and I had other good players too. But so Mahomes is, Mahomes is one of those guys for me, Darren Waller. Oh, wow. Just because the first year I won, I was Darren Waller's rookie year. And that was a guy that I, that was one that I really kind of, it was a big sleeper for me that, like, I sort of planted my flag. I remember being um, uh, at the Combine four years ago, and we're interviewing Greg Olson, who at the time was the offensive coordinator of the Raiders. And we're interviewing at the Combine. And I say, hey, at that point, 
Jared Cook was their tight end. I remember. And he'd, yeah. ha- he'd had a huge year the year before that offense was running. You know, it was a John Gruden offense and Olsen, and they were like, you know, Cook had had a big year. And Cook was an impending free agent, and they didn't know if he was coming back or not. And I remember, so we're talking to Olsen at the Combine. And I said, hey, give me a sleeper. Give me somebody on your team. And he goes, you know, give me somebody. Like, we know Cook. We know, you know, you know all these guys. But give me somebody. And he goes, well, you know, he goes, we, we got this kid up the Ravens practice squad. We converted him from wide receivers at tight yeah. end. And we think we've really found something in him. Ooh. Darren Waller. He's just, just remember the name Darren Waller. Like, we just we think we've really found something in him. And I don't know what's going to happen with Jared's contract. That's above my pay grade. But just we really like Darren. We really think we've found something in this kid. And so, you know, he's, I'm happy to tell that story because he said it on air. But then afterwards, he's just like, he's like, we can't guard him. He's a mismatch nightmare. Like, we line him up in the slot. Like, he's, he is fast and he's big and it's a tight end. He is going to crush. And, like, you know, and so he's just, he's telling me, and he goes, and by the way, he's a great kid. And, wow. you know, like, head screwed on straight. He's had some tough times. You know, if you know Darren's story, yeah, yeah, like, it's an amazing story. But he's just like, he's a great kid. You know, he's at the facility every day. Like, we just love him. And so based on that, and then I started doing my own research into Waller, like, that February, I was just like, my big sleeper this year, <laughs> Darren Waller. Like, I went all in on Darren yeah, Waller. Yeah. wasn't even drafted in fantasy leagues, and I, like, and I ranked him, like, 12th, I think. He wasn't even ranked anywhere else. And, like, obviously, I think he finished his tight end five that yep. year, tight end four. And so, and I drafted him in that dynasty yep. league. I have him in, like, every dynasty Incredible. league. And so, just, and I've done his podcast as well. Oh, that's cool. So, I've done his podcast. He's done mine before. And so, you know, we've talked about his story yeah, multiple course. times. And so, easy guy to root for is just a human being. And then also just... You know, I think as, as whether you're a fantasy analyst or you're a player, those guys that you sort of discover, like it's, it's one of the things like, oh, great, you drafted Mahomes and Mahomes is good. No yeah. Sherlock. But yeah. like it's but when you find like those those under, you know, that you feel like you've discovered my that's my guy. Yeah, it's funny because there's a genre of tweet and I've had to do it before. And I, I, I'll give an example, but where you're just like, oh, this team loves this player they drafted. And it's like, well, no. They drafted yeah. him, so they loved him. You don't have to tweet that on August 3rd, like, wow, they're really happy with the second right. round pick. Well, I hope so, or else the GM's getting fired, because the second round pick is a yeah. good pick. But that actually happened, it, similar to what you're talking about, I cannot reveal my source, because it wasn't on air. Someone said, Isaiah Pacheco is amazing. It was like August 10th in, uh, in Kansas City. And I was like, his okay, rookie year this year. No, 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 no. 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 This was, he was, yeah. No one knew who he was, except, except Rutgers. The seventh round, year. yeah. Seventh round draft. Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco. And I was like, okay, buddy. Because you hear all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. And they were like, put your name on it. Get your name yeah, next yeah. to Isaiah Pacheco's name on a tweet, and because it's going to age well. And I put it out there, and people still retweet it, where I'm just like, man, I'm telling you, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, and so, but it, it's always very funny when a team, 99% of the time, when a team tells you they like a guy, it's like, well, yeah. I hope so. I would hope so. But, you know, yeah, and sometimes it's a little bit of you got to sort of sift through the you know yes. the signal and noise and that kind of stuff. But, like, we, like, you know, and I'm, I'm not the only one, but, like, we talked up. Now, I, I definitely didn't think he was going to set the NFL rookie record, but in the preseason of my show, we talked up Puka Nakua. Yeah. And, and the reason we did is, again, I didn't expect the year he had, obviously. But I just said, I know they like him a lot there, and they think they found something. Yeah. You know, that, like, I think he's going to have a bigger role like, after Cooper Cup, what do they have? You know, Van Jefferson hasn't really popped yet. Tutu Atwell, who knows? Like, there's going to be targets available in that passing game after Cooper Cup. Maybe they all go to Higby, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, I know 
the camp reports you're hearing is is that like they think they found something in Puka Nakua, and obviously you know, monster year, crazy year. But so some you have to sift through that. But yeah, and I heard from a good source that oh yeah yeah this is not McVeigh loves him you know like. I love that. Yeah. Um, all right, we do a thing called one rep back with players, and it's a, a, a play they could relive again just to get another shot. You know, you blew a block, quarterback yeah, got yeah. killed, whatever. The worst player you've ever been all in on in fantasy is who? That's a great question. The, the easy answer is if somebody, if you asked anyone else that had followed my career at all, hey, who's that for Matthew Barry? The answer is Michael Vick. That's the one that always comes up as the, my most famous bad call, 2011. He had been, uh, in 2010, was the first year of Michael Vick in Philadelphia with Andy Reid. Yeah. He's, he's set, you know, he's like video game numbers. It was crazy. Signs the $100 million contract in the offseason, everything like that. People hadn't in fantasy yet figured out mobile quarterbacks are the key that you get points with your arms and your leg, everything like that. And so... I went all in on Michael Vick. Michael Vick should be the number one overall player. And obviously 2011 was a great thing. What I will tell you, so that's the, you know, and I've written an article about apologizing and everything like that. But the truth is, is like, I've made much worse calls (laughs) than Michael Vick because at the time, I had him number one overall. But if you go back and look at the ADP of every other fantasy analyst or site, Vick was a first round pick that year. Like, he would go seventh overall. He was the first quarterback taken. I was the only one that was dumb enough to say number one overall. Yep. Um, but, like, everyone had him high. Sure. You know, including Andy Rudy gave him $100 million. Right. And, and in fact, he was, I want to say on a, you know, he got injured that year. And on a per-game basis, he was like, I want to say he was quarterback eight or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Like, he didn't kill you. My point right. is, is that there are worst number one overall picks that just sure. absolutely, you know, the year David Johnson got hurt, you know, week one, yeah. right? You know, the, so it's not my worst, but that's probably so the one. So give me I want. your worst one. God, um, I mean, they you do this so long. I mean, like this year, you know, I had a couple of. Uh, I'll give you two that I had this year. Two yeah. bad ones from this year. I don't know if they're my worst ones ever, but they're two ones that I wish I could add back from this year. Um, number one is Damian Pierce. I was all in mm. on Damian Pierce this year. Mm. I thought. I'm like, look, the offensive line's going to get better. Look at the preseason numbers. He's getting, like, every snap. He's getting massive usage. Houston's going to be better than you think. I didn't think they'd, you know, yeah, be yeah. what they were. But I'm like, Houston's not going to be terrible. And what's D'Amico Ryan's going to want to do? He's going to want to run the ball, play close. And so it might be 3.7 yards per carry, but Damian Pierce is getting 20 touches a game, win or lose. And so – and that was sort of right, except his name was Devin Singletary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so Pierce was a bad call by me. And I also, um, Mike Evans was about, I, mm. I was like, Mike Evans, I love Mike Evans. You know, I grew up in College Station. He's a Texas A&M yeah. guy. He's a 1,000 yards in the bank. But, you know, his last two years, down numbers. By the way, if you look at last year, not this past season that just happened, but going into this preseason, I said, look at, he had that huge three-touchdown game in week 18. And that was like 40% of his fantasy points yeah, yeah. for the year. Like, it skewed the numbers. Like, he was actually pretty bad for much of the year with Tom Brady. So, what are the odds he's going to be better odds. with Baker Mayfield? Obviously, he was. He had a monster he year. Was. So, like, those were two calls that I, I wish I had back from, uh, uh, from this year, you know, as well. But they all sort of, you know. Um, but the Vic one, just because it, it constantly 
it constantly comes up. I'll give you a, I'll give you just a funny anecdote oh, please, since we're talking please. about you, Vic has come up. So I do, um, I get invited to do this uh, uh, fantasy football fest in Atlantic City or something like that. I'm going to speak, and uh, and I'm going to do a, and they tell me I'm supposed to do a, and it's mostly because Atlantic City they got a bunch of Philadelphia Eagle players, and I get there and they're like, hey. You're going to do a panel with LaShawn McCoy and Michael Vick. Okay. I'm like, all right. And then, uh, and then there's this radio host, this guy named Mike Missinelli. Right. You, you know, and so he's going to be the M. And then I'm, I'm, t I'm told, it's MC. So Missinelli says to me, you know, before the thing, he's just like, ah, oh, hey, you know, um, what do you want to talk about? I said, you know, whatever. Just ask me any fantasy yeah. questions. I said, I think they're mostly here for Vic and McCoy. So, if, you know, I'm happy to talk about fantasy prospects of the, you know, Eagles or whatever. But, like, you know, I would honestly just focus on them. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be fun and light. Don't worry about it. Like, super easy. Uh, mostly, most of the questions going to go for them. I'll ask you one or two questions about the Eagles this year. Be done. I'm like, great. 45-minute panel. Okay. Panel starts. Missinelli pulls out my rankings. Oh my he God. goes, so Matthew, I have your rankings right here, oh and I'm just God. very curious why you have Michael Vick at number six. Oh, my God. Right there. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, F you. You yes, know what I mean? Course. Like, right. You know, like, why don't you like Michael Vick? And so, and Michael Vick does one of these. Like, <laughs> I'm interested in this answer as yes, well. Yes, of course. And so I said, listen, Michael, I love you. Um, I said, I actually had you number one overall last year and took a lot of grief for it. The reason I have you at six is health. Yeah. You had trouble staying healthy last year. We know when you're on the field, you're as good as any player in the NFL. But can you stay healthy because you're so good at running the ball, but you put yourself in danger? So I would love to be wrong. Please prove me wrong. But the ranking there is only because I can't guarantee that you're going to play all 16 games this year. So my question to you, Michael, is what have you done this offseason to help you prepare so you can play all 16 for the Philadelphia Eagles and make me look wrong? And he's like, oh, I appreciate that. I get that. Yeah, health's one of the things me and Coach Reed talk about all the time. And he gives a whole answer yeah, yeah, yeah. about how he changed his nutrition and wow. he had a different workout regimen and everything like that. And it was fine. And I had, like, McCoy at, like, I think two or three overall. So it was like, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. fine. But, like, you know, you know, and whatever. Miss Nelly tried a couple of different uh, – you know, tactics. Other, uh, tactics as well to try to do everything, but you they were, were cool. Vic and, Vic and McCoy were, were very cool to me, and um, but anyway, that's and I've never gotten to tell that story. Have by the you way. ever? And by the way, and I've not. I've turned down. A, I've never done a show again. I, I yeah, of any course, show? I would never. Any no. oh, his show, his show, his show, yeah, his yeah. show. That, I don't think I. I may have not even done Philadelphia radio. Like just I think in case. just in case, just in case, and just in case. I don't get. I've, I have it's bad been a long time news. since I've been. News. We're not actually with ESPN in Omaha. Oh. We're with, uh, with with WIP. Yeah, it's we, fine. We, I'm, my name's Elliot um, Shore Parks. Uh, um, I was told after that that that's sort of a tactic of his. I guess that he's all right. He's that dude. Whatever. Whatever. Um, um, all right. So uh, has any last thing has any player kind of independent of that has any player ever complained to you about where you rank them? Um, not in a not in a serious way. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, like, I've run into players, and um, they have been like, you know, I've gotten some, saw you had me on your hate yeah, list, yeah, you yeah. know, or something like that. Or like, oh, so, you know, like, I remember Stafford one year was like, uh, Stafford, I ran into a party, uh, like an ESPN SB yeah, yeah. party. And it was like his second or third year. And he said, ah, oh, I noticed you, you know, had me on the hate list, you know, or whatever, like, or something like that. And this was, remember, early in his career, yeah, he couldn't yeah, stay yeah. healthy. And again, same thing. I said, like, dude, please prove me wrong. 
Yeah. I would love for you to prove me wrong. I will apologize to you on national TV. Prove me wrong. Just I need you to stay healthy. You know what I'm like? And they're always like, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just giving you, you know, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I don't know if it's half serious, half not. I mean, Stafford's such a good dude. I didn't, he, he said it with a smile. Like, so I didn't think it was um, negative. Uh, I was surprised that he was even aware of that yes. at the time. Again, this is like his second or third year in the league. So it yes. wasn't like, he wasn't Matthew Stafford in capital letters the way he is now. Um, so every once in a while, um, uh, I will. Like, there will be times where I am at, a, like, where I'm at a press conference, like at the Combine or yeah, something yeah. like that. And I'll ask a non-fantasy question. Like, I'll ask a fantasy question disguised as a yeah, yeah, yeah. question. And uh, and then I'll get, um, uh, you know, and, and sometimes they'll just reference. They're like, no, I know why, you know. Yeah. You know, um, I know why you're asking and blah, blah, blah. Like, um, I ran into Doug Peterson once uh, when he was coach of the Eagles. And uh, I went up to him. I said, hey, coach, I just want to introduce myself. And this was the, this was his last year. It turned out what it was his last year in uh, Philadelphia, or the second, the, before his last year, Philadelphia, when he had to, why am I blanking on it? Was it McCown? So anyway, I go up to coach, like, I, you know, I went up to Peterson. So it was that year. Yeah. Introduced myself. Hey coach, I just, you know, want to introduce myself. And before I can even get my name out, he shakes my hand and he says, Hey, uh, I'm sorry we didn't score enough fantasy points for you this year. <laughs> and I was just like, um, I was like, coach, I, I actually thought you coached your ass off this year. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you know, you had Josh McCown in a quarterback. Like, you, you know, your best wide receiver was Greg Ward, yep. like a former college quarterback. Like, I, I thought you coached your ass off this year. And he's like, oh, thanks. And anyway, we just, you know, and he lost Jordan Howard down the stretch that year. And so every once in a while, it's more stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They, reckon, they, they acknowledge that I'm a fantasy guy, if that makes more uh, sense. Of course. You are the fantasy guy. You have the, the uh, Matthew Berry Extended Universe. Yeah. Football Night in America, Happy Hour pregame. I mean, what don't you do? Uh, baseball. Baseball. Fantasy baseball this year. Yeah, no. First on no, the field, I, whatever I, it's called. I used to do it, and it's just the football season is so long. It's like, impossible. I mean, are you going to the Combine? Like, we get done with here, and then it's like two weeks yeah, later, and, and you're the at the owner, I go to the owner's meetings in March. Like, there's a it's, a, it's an event a month. It's an event a month, even when during the dead period. Matthew Berry, thanks so much for coming on this football, brother. Appreciate you. All right, guys, now it's time for what I said at the beginning of the show, the badass parade. We went around media night, talked to a bunch of assistants, a bunch of players, and, I mean, I think it was like 20 players, uh, all told. And we got their biggest badass, the same thing we do on here every episode. We just went around and just, just got the badasses. It was as good as you'd expect. Some great stories out there. Ladies and gentlemen, the parade of badasses. All right, first up, Chiefs wide receiver Richie James and, and you'll know why they're paired together, 49ers defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. When you think badass you played with, you think who, Richie? Badass I played with. Ooh, Travis is a little off in the sense of like, that, like when it's game day, like I've never he changes to a whole different person. Explain it. Like it's like you know I'm, I'm child, I'm kind of calm and that, but game day is like everybody pretty much, you know, pretty much. So it's like I'm about to run through your face, and I don't care who's who's in my face, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's like it's just two different people. Two different people. F everybody on Sunday. Pretty much. Hey, you know what's so crazy? One year I don't know if y'all remember Javon Kinlaw yeah. having that squirrel in his mouth. What? That raccoon. What, he had a squirrel, raccoon? What was that? I missed he, it. I can look it up. Yeah, you might have looked that up. That's probably the craziest moment, like badass moments. Like, All right. So what's Kinlaw like? You, you never met him in person? No, I haven't. I can't explain it to you, bro. You got to meet him. 
I just do wild stuff like that every now and then. Um, that, that was about it, really. Just put it on social media just because, I mean, why not? Because, I mean, I do it all the time, but yeah. I just put it on social that one time. Most badass person you've ever been around in football. You have the floor. You can take it anywhere you want. Trent Williams. Of course. Straight gangster. All right. If someone is YouTubing, let's say let's say they're from fucking Norway, and they don't know anything about football, and you said, all right, you got to YouTube this play of Trent Williams or this game, where do you start? My rookie year. Uh, I think it was the first snap where they was on offense against the Arizona Cardinals. Decleated somebody. <laughs> I know you remember that. I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> For sure. What about his technique, size, physicality makes him uh, so brutal? Well, for one, he's an unbelievable athlete, you know. So I see some players talk about he gives away what's going on, but it don't matter because he's going to block the <laughs> out of you. Excuse my language. But um, for real, for real, and the, tech, the technique, the hand-eye coordination, uh, just the explosion, just a, a freak, you know, for sure. Broke the mold when they made him. All right, next up, Chiefs defensive back Deion Bush. The most badass person you've ever been around football, Deion, is who? Denzel Perriman, a.k.a. the president from the U. What about him uh, made him so good? Man, he's an assassin, man. Like, have you, you ever seen him hit somebody? I have. And he's like, he's so explosive, man. He, he like, a, like a gator, man. <laughs> <laughs> he just come and snap me. All right, so, so if the kids are, they don't know about Denzel because it's been a few years since he's been at Miami. Obviously, he's still in the league. He's doing great. But if they're going to YouTube something about Denzel Perriman, whether that's a play, whether that's a game, where are you starting? Uh, go YouTube the hit that he put on the guy from um, what is it, Wake Forest. And he kind of picked the guy up and, man, go, 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 pick, go put that on, on YouTube, man. You're going to see why I'm telling you this. What about this team uh, right now? Like when you're telling your grandkids about this badass team this year, what stands out? Legereus Sneed. What does he do? He's a bad man in every aspect of the game. When it comes to being physical, you will not see another corner as physical as him, that could cover like him, that's a leader like him. He's, man, he's the best corner in the NFL right now. And I don't say that in a biased way. Is there something we don't see about like how he practices, how he uh, you know, does meetings through the week that would that the, the common man would appreciate? He's locked in. Yeah. He, he, he practiced the hardest that, I, that I've seen. Yeah. And, a, and a guy of his caliber, you know, a lot in the NFL, man, you know, high caliber guys yep. most of the time, they're guys that, you know, they come in and, you know, enjoy. He is blue collar. He come bring his lunch, he bring his lunch pail to, to work every day and he come work. And you're going to see the same LJ every day. You're not going to see LJ take no plays off. You're not going to see him slack or nothing, man. And that's why he's great like how he is. Last thing, go Canes. Go Canes. All right, I love this one. 49ers wide receiver Chris Conley. So we do something called uh, Badasses, mm -hmm. which is the most badass person you've ever played with. Just stories, uh, just kind of bringing people inside the locker room or the practice field or even the sideline. Or yeah. Just somebody who's just, I mean, you know what the definition of football badass yeah. is. How, can, how far back can I go? You can go as far back as you would like. <laughs> I got a great story for this one. Uh, my badass is uh, Ben Jones. Oh, wow. He was my center uh, my freshman year of college at the University of Georgia. Had a long career uh, in the NFL. Retired uh, last season with the Titans. Or, and... Uh, Phenomenal player, but this is my Ben Jones story. Ben Jones, uh, we had conditioning in the stadium during the summer, and we had to run the steps, and, and we had to run to and from uh, the, the football facility. It was, a, it was a distance. Georgia gets hot, 
Uh, everyone had sweat a ton. Uh, and uh, one of the freshmen decided to step out of line and get a little chippy and say something that he shouldn't have said. And he grabbed, he grabbed the freshman to basically like reality check him and got a full body cramp. Full body cramp on the field. And uh, I'll, just, I'll just never forget that. Like he, even with the full body cramp, he was still locked in on what he had to do to get the team back in line. Uh, but phenomenal player and uh, a lot of grit, man. He, the injuries that he played through uh, were, were gnarly, and uh, he always came through, always came through for the team. How did the, the young freshman react when a Ben Jones full of body cramped uh, state was still yelling you at You know, we laugh about it now, but in that moment, it was, uh, it was a little tense. It was a little tense. I think the people were, people were a little startled. But, uh, you know, now we all look back on it and, and seeing, you know, the men that everybody's become and everybody has families now, you know, this, that, just, that was just a defining moment of us growing up. I have a Ben Jones story, which I talked to him last summer for my Vrabel story I was doing, and there was a, a viral thing last two years ago mm -hmm. where he was hurt and Vrabel cried. I don't know if you saw it, where he basically, you know, tail end of his career, all that stuff. Yeah. And I said, you know, he had a torn meniscus, ACL damage, MCL damage, all this stuff. And I said, why'd you stay in the game? And he was like... It was the four minute? I had to close the game. It was it was like he had like stubbed his toe or He's something. Built, and he was like he was like I he was like there were young guys in the field. And I couldn't come out and leave the young guys out to dry. And I was like, holy crap! Yeah. Now Ben Ben is uh he's definitely a guy that you want to have on your team. Uh, you know I was with him last year in in Tennessee and uh, it was cool to be reunited with him before he was done. Uh, but you know my one my first year playing in college and his last season. You know it was just uh it was awesome to see how much he's grown and. He's the, still the same person, supporting his teammates and, and giving him everything that he's got. Chiefs linebackers coach Brendan Daly. The most badass person you've ever been around in football is who, Brendan Daly? I'm going to go with Vince Wilfork. Oh, wow. I'm going to go with Vince. I had him in uh, New England in 2014. Unbelievable leader, fierce competitor, dominant on the line of scrimmage, true badass. So if we're if the kids are looking on YouTube and they're saying, let's find the Vince Wilfork play performance, what are they going with? Well, here's what I would say. One of the most unbelievable ones, and I think you can YouTube this one, is Vince Wilfork's high school running back highlights. <laughs> okay, I'm going into the archive yeah. right there. We can use those too. We're not gonna get we're not gonna get a, a copyright from the NFL if we use these high school. Yeah, items. yeah. You're cooking so right now, Brian. I, like if you're looking for badass material, go Google the uh, Vince Wilfork high school running back highlight reel. I love that. What about at the NFL level? What play stands out? Oh man, um, one I, off the top of my yeah. head, I'm gonna go Week Four, 2014 against the Raiders. It's the fourth quarter. He drops into coverage and gets a pick off of a batted ball. Phenomenal play. Now, you got the butt fumble. Yeah, you got course. a bunch of the line of scrimmage stuff with him. Like, uh, But the athleticism that he had for a big man is unparalleled. My favorite thing is you saying, off the top of my head, the knowing was week four of 2014. That's football coach. <laughs> and finally, Chiefs offensive line coach Andy Heck. So we do a thing called badasses. It's the most badass person you've ever been around in football. It could be any level. It could be any year. Your badass Andy Heck is who? Oh, jeez. Uh, a fullback, Greg Jones, we had in uh, Jacksonville. FSU. Yes, that's right. Badass. What was the badass thing about him? Um, an absolute physical specimen. He'd absolutely get after and destroy uh, linebackers. And speaking of the guy that he was blocking for, Maurice Jones-Drew. Oh, wow. NFL Network's own. That's right. Blowing him up, too. If we're um, searching on YouTube, what are we looking for with either Greg Jones or MJD to look at a badass play? Uh, Greg Jones, it would have been when he was at Florida State, 
blowing up a DB from the University of North Carolina as a running back. Uh, and then uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, that would have been, uh, what's the uh, linebacker from Maryland's name, played for the Chargers? Sean Merriman. Sean Merriman. Him, tag, him tagging Sean Merriman uh, down near the goal line.